Seven Days to Play. Welcome to Seven Days to Play, your weekly mobile game review program. I am Sam. And I'm Edwin. Each week we challenge one another to play a new mobile game, and this week it was my turn. I chose Crying Sons. Crying Sons. So many, so many sons are crying right now. Uh, and after some hours of gameplay, I still couldn't tell you why it's called that. But maybe there'll be a big reveal at the end. It is a interesting title, but it, I feel like it has like that deep emo vibe. Mm-hmm. Just in the in the words that they use for the <laughs> intro, that kind of like bleeds all throughout the game. Right. It definitely has a sort of uh, hardcore sci-fi feel to it. Like they even mm-hmm. uh, in the spiel that I will read you from the Apple App Store later, uh, they reference Dune and. Battlestar Galactica um, as kind of inspiration for it. But enough about that. Let me tell you about the game. Crying Sons is a tactical roguelite. Tactical roguelite. And Sam, I will be asking for your definition of what that really is in a second. Uh, From Alt Shift, a game studio in Montpellier, France. Mm -hmm. Um, After a successful Kickstarter campaign last year, they launched on PC September 2019, and as of last month, they are now on iOS. It is a $9 upfront purchase with no in-apps or free-to-play mechanics. Sam, what do you think a tactical rogue light is, and what does that mean to you? Because I thought it was kind of strange that they, like, that is literally the first sentence on all their marketing materials, Yep. which as a casual gamer who doesn't really know that. I was a little bit like, oh, interesting. They kind of, is it, do you think it's that? Do you, okay. I don't want to criticize their marketing strategy, but <laughs> I feel like that could put off some people who really don't know what that means. Sure. Up front. Yeah. Um, I think this yeah. game is geared towards like the indie game scene, right? Mm-hmm, like, right. I think it's kind of very focused on the indie in the game scene. scene. Yeah. Being having it being published by Humble Bundle, I think it already says like, oh, they're pretty deep within the indie game scene. So having it marketed as a space tactical rogue light <laughs> might already be meaningful for its core audience. You, right, right. They know who their who their they target audience is. is. Right, right. So, and, and I think you know the the initial hook is that oh, space tactical. That might be the thing if you're not into the indie scene. Like maybe that might be the thing that really drives you forward as a potential customer of this game mm-hmm. because there is a lot of space tactics in this game but oh, yes. let me tell you the difference between a roguelite and a roguelike nothing would please me more yes a roguelite versus a roguelike <laughs> what a ridiculous world we are in right now <laughs> uh so a rogue a roguelite first of all oh, no, let's go with the roguelike which <laughs> is the l-i-k-e they okay. both sound very similar right a roguelike uh, any game that sort of uh, is a roguelike means that it is more like uh, the the original game, which kind of started it all, which I think is called Rogue. One would right? hope it is called that. Otherwise, I'll be furious. Uh, and so a roguelike is when you die, everything resets mm-hmm. to ground one, where like normally a roguelike game... You know, you pick up weapons as you go along. You pick up uh, benefits as you go. Uh, and then you try to get as far as possible, right? Or you try to finish the game in some way. Mm-hmm. And then when you die, you start from scratch again, right? And then things have been shifted. So you, you know, 
the next set of improvements that you get might not be the same as the initial set that you've got. So which is which is what keeps it interesting. Right, that's the key thing. It's like, oh, you do die and start at the beginning, but something has changed next right. time through. Okay. A roguelite with a L-I-T-E, mm-hmm. a roguelite. Right, uh, what this game builds itself as. Right, so in this aspect, uh, the, it, it usually means like you carry something over from your previous session. Mm, right, you carry okay. an improvement that you've picked up. Uh, whether it's like money, whether it's weapons, whether it's like benefits that the character or, you know, you've inherited, like that usually carries over. So what's a good example of this? Um, I think Dead Cells. We played Dead Cells before. We did, yes. Dead Cells, you get certain improvements like jump speed or like I think there's like jump height or something like that that you gain as experience and then where you lose all your weapons, you still have some core functionality that is retained. That is a rogue light. Okay. Right? Uh, a rogue... I don't know if we've played a rogue like... But like... Mm. A rogue heavy? So those are like the core differences and I think this is definitely a rogue light because... Um, I haven't experienced it because I haven't died yet, but I think the idea is when you die, you still carry over <laughs> some of the benefits <laughs> from from your previous play session. Right. So Okay. Yeah. That was but, helpful. I have learned something today. Thank you, Sam. Space Tactical. This is a very heavily space tactical game, right? Now do you think a, is a space tactical different just to a not space tactical? So what I think this means is it gives you some sort of overview, overhead, uh, mm. where you're making decisions rather than you're actually doing it, right? Like, if this is a space game, you're either in, like, a spaceship, controlling the spaceship, uh, mm-hmm. like, with its directions and actually pew-pewing the guns, right? Oh, I see. Yeah, like a top-down shooter. Yeah. Right. Uh, was there a space game that we played where we were a plane? I don't know. We've so played that, so many. Yeah, no, it all blurs into one. But like, if we ever, if you ever played like Galaxy on Fire, right? That is more like a where you're actually in a spaceship. Um, I guess that's just more like a space sim game, right? Whereas a space tactical game, you're like, okay, I have several ships at my disposal. I put this ship over in this direction to fire at this, right? Yeah. So kind of like chess. But in space. (laughs) Just in space. (laughs) Allow me to read the description from the Apple App Store for Crying Sons, a space tactical rogue light. When FTL meets Foundation and Dune, all right, ding, ding, here we go, referencing (laughs) uh, other sci-fi properties, Crying Sons is a tactical rogue light that puts you in the role of a space fleet commander as you explore a mysteriously fallen empire. In this story-rich experience, inspired by Dune and Foundation, ding, ding, twice in the same paragraph here, uh, each successful run will uncover the truth about the Empire, and yourself as well. Dun, dun, dun. Bump, bump, bump. But why is the sun crying? Why is the sun crying? That's a very good point. Well, that's maybe one of the things you find out about in the, uh, in the uh, final reveal, maybe. So let's break this down a little bit, right? Like that first sentence, when FTL meets Foundation and Dune, uh, you know, okay. those three things that they're referencing. Okay. FTL stands for faster than light. Yes. Is that also a 
game rather than just a concept? I think I think they are talking about a game. So there's a game that's been popular in the indie scene called FTL, um, which is a, a very tactical game, but also a roguelike. Roguelite? Roguelite. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So, okay, good. I didn't actually know that. Right. I think it carries over a lot of concepts from this from that game. Um, but then it is true that it says it me- like it's like FTL meets Foundation in June because FTL wasn't like a narrative driven game. Mm. And I feel this definitely has more of the narrative in it. Right. So FTL was maybe more the tactics. Yeah. And then Foundation, which is a series from Isaac Asimov. I think maybe Netflix is trying to adapt into a glossy high-budget uh, TV series right now. Mm. Uh, and Dune, oh, which is also being adapted a movie. into a, yeah. is it a movie or it's, is it a TV show? I forget. It's a movie that's coming out well, with... probably never now. <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. How do you say his name? I think that's... Timothy, Timothy Chalamet? Timothy yeah. Salamander? <laughs> uh, Timothy Salami? <laughs> I love that sandwich. <laughs> that is what you get at Subway. Oh, I remember Sam when we did our comparing our, our, our favorite Subway sandwiches. Yes, we should do that again. Yeah. Nothing better than eating on mic. <laughs> so, okay, so we've breaking down first sentence. It's a tactical, tactical, but also a lot of story. It's kind of right. what I'm saying here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a tactical roguelite that puts you in the role of a space fleet commander as you explore a mysteriously fallen empire. That seems pretty good. So yeah, you yep. start... It does feel like kind of a cross between a kind of choose-your-own-adventure. You have cutscenes where, or you know, conversations where you get to choose your response and you can choose your actions. Sometimes mm-hmm. this will lead to a battle with another spaceship, which I guess is where the tactical... tactical part comes in because here it's a little I guess all I can compare it to is a little bit like um that oh boy why am I blanking on this name oh boy um the one with the actor (laughs) oh reading the story (laughs) oh that'd be fun oh no I mean I'm talking about the actual when you're in this the combat zone like you're you're not doing the fighting, you, but you are right. sort of deploying certain yeah. squadrons. It's kind of like StarCraft, right? You get, you kind of get that StarCraft feel or like the XCOM feel or like a SteamWorld heist feel, right? Where you're positioning your characters on this map and telling them to do stuff. Yeah, Clash Royale. Um, sorry, that was what I was trying to think. Because, yeah, that, you're like, yep, it's... That's you. You're kind of more strategizing about what type of uh, squadron to deploy, what kind of spaceships mm-hmm. to fight against, you know, what your enemy has deployed, and like, oh, these drones are good against frigates or something. Exactly. Like yeah. uh, and so that part was really interesting because I felt this, this game, I think, does a really good job of kind of going macro and going micro in just the right amount of level without it being too complex or overbearing, right? There is a bit of a learning curve in the beginning. It's like, oh, what's all this happening? But I think <laughs> once sure. you kind of get over that, um, it's a really good mix of just enough nitty-gritty where you feel like you have control over good aspects of the game that makes you feel powerful. Uh, but then at the same time, like a good overview of saying, okay, you understand the bigger picture, you understand the decisions that you're making, uh, and like, which helps you with like this bigger sweeping narrative that you're trying to experience, right? 
Right, that's true. So the game starts, you awaken from a deep cryogenic sleep, and you're a little bit fuzzy, and it turns out you wake up in this strange world, you have a mild speech impediment, every restaurant's a Taco Bell, and you have to wipe your ass with three seashells. (laughs) Yeah, that was unexpected within the game, right? (laughs) I was like, they're just ripping off that movie. (laughs) No, not really. You awaken from a cryogenic sleep, and there is a Neo, oh, an Omni... Who, An Omni. Yeah. Who I guess is sort of like a robot Robotic snake. servants. Yeah. Serpent. Like kind serpentine. of like... If you think about... In... Uh, what's that movie? Matrix. Um, remember if they're, when they're like flying around in the sewers and you, f- and you see those drones that are kind of look like octopus with like lots of tentacles flying yes. towards the... the yeah. I forget. Was it the Nebuchadnezzar? Right. That's the name of the ship. Um those it kind of like this robot kind of looks like that it's like uh you know kind of like this ai driven smart computer with tentacles for arms that's very sassy when it talks <laughs> it does have a bit of sass to it is true yeah um but they are essentially supercomputers that humanity has used to essentially conquer the galaxy and they use them for I guess it's kind of like the uh, think Dependent. of a yeah, up internet, like, right? Like they use these to connect and transfer goods and also data. I think, right? I and yes. I think like that that initial story was like super interesting. Like there was yep. this balance of power already happening, um, right? Because d- this is these a were like super powerful being, but they need your help because you are flesh and blood and a commander of the skies. I forget there was a, there was a good reason, but. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Like, they are kind of codependent. So, people have been using them to develop, like, their technologies and essentially do everything that they require to do, like, build these superstructures, build ships, build interstellar travel. Um, But at the same time, like, these robots need humans in order for them to go on. Um, So, it was, like, this codependent structure. And so, like, even on, like, the few conversations... I felt like there was something a little bit tense that was interesting, right, mm-hmm. initially. And this is why I love the narrative, is that um, I forgot what the the name of the robot was, but the name of the robot is something like Caliban. I think that was it. Yes. Yeah. It's Caliban. And you wake up being this admiral, uh, a clone of this admiral. And then as soon as you wake up, you kind of start calling the, the machine a machine. And then... Uh, the machine corrects you saying, please call me Caliban. And <laughs> oh, it does. Yeah, right. Every time then going forward, whenever you say machine, like I was kind of like, ooh, like let's not poke that. <laughs> you know, like, maybe, you know, like you can tell like there is a strange relationship that precedes their relationship among like the humans and, and like these omnis, which I thought immediately was like so interesting. Yeah. Uh, you take command of a ship. You get to recruit some people of your of your choice, um, which I suppose is like kind of the first step of these diverging storylines. I think in the blurb it says there are three hundred different uh, story uh, branches. I guess that mm. uh, could lead to possible different stories, uh, and then you kind of start exploring the galaxy, or at least right. local uh, planets and their uh, associated ships moons anomalies mm-hmm. detected duh, 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 uh, and sort of start unraveling some of the story 
So when it got to that that exploring the galaxy portion of it, did that um did sort of the the concepts and the rules around like movement and exploration, did that make sense to you immediately? Yeah, I think so. So there's a concept of the Neo N, which is your sort of fuel level, uh, which you kind of scavenge from Oh boy. When when you visit a new star system, uh, there's sometimes opportunity to scavenge this, which will then which you can use to power the ship essentially. Um and you can when you look at the Starsh map, you can move sort of one step, I guess, at a time, uh using one uh bucket of Neo N. So that was I mean that was re- I was like, okay, that sort of made sense to me. Right. Um, cause I think, I feel like if you play games like FTL or, or other of these like choice based, uh, roguelites, like mm-hmm. another good one is Slay the Spire, which kind of came out recently on both Switch and iOS. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives you like this map as well, where it has like branching paths that you can take and, you know, each movement sort of determines one resource and as you go along, you have to be careful about, okay, do I want to spend my time here or do I want to go to the next one, right? And I thought, that's a really clever mechanic of you uh, having some sort of decision on like, okay, do I want to risk it and go for this one that kind of looks dangerous, but the rewards might be greater? Like, I might be able to get more Neo N or more money, which allows me to then upgrade stuff, which should also be like a good thing to talk about. Oh boy, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. So as you go, uh, there's this thing called credits, I think, or scrap, which allows you to then go to shops and upgrade your ship. So within your ship, there are lots of things that you can upgrade. You can upgrade your weapons. You can upgrade your military staff uh, for excursions that you go on planets. Um, and there are, you know, hull, like you can improve your armor. You can improve... Uh, your weapon system and you can improve your squadrons, right? So all these things that you can improve and all of it I thought would be super complicated, but the way that it's laid out and the way that the game actually plays, especially for like the first few levels, really gets you pretty well caught up without having it feel like a super tutorial. Um, Yeah, I think it was perhaps a little... I mean, the UI is very dense in terms of... It is super dense. (laughs) Like, uh, you can kind of tell this was designed for a PC and then they've, you know, they've tried to make it as touchscreen friendly as possible, but, oh boy, there's a lot. There's a lot of business on that screen. Um, There's a lot, yeah. Yeah, including like a few little quirks that uh, feels like the the wrong way around. Like, the main action is tapping and holding to navigate to or to you know inspect or navigate or essentially deploy which and then just a single tap opens the in kind of inspection menu or like a sort of a detail pane and that just seems the wrong way around to my general experience on mm. on iOS but you know that's a little minor a minor quirk but yeah there's a lot going on um but I think they did a good job. Yeah, you say, as you say, like that guides you through. Uh, you don't actually need to know too much about what the heck's going on, especially in your first battle, because the first couple, at least in my experience, were pretty easy. Like they don't throw you in at the deep end. Um, and then, like even right now, I probably couldn't tell you exactly what the heck is going on during a battle. <laughs> well, like what all those buttons do. Right. 
but or so like there even, are yeah yeah so there are essentially two main things that you can do uh well actually like three main things um when you get to like a so every map has several star like several destinations uh and then when you get to that destination you can then explore that region right and the region might include like the different planets that are in that system mm-hmm. uh and so you have to you can either like go through the list of saying okay this place might be fruitful in terms of me getting scrap this place might be good in terms of me getting neo n but that's where like the decision makes pl- makes sense but every time you explore one of these nodes it uses a fuel. So you can just decide, okay, my time is not spent well here. I'm just going to move on to the next system uh, and check that out, right? And proceed forward with the overall map. Right, that is true. Um, I did not do that. I would. I made sure I had to inspect every tiny through. little thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. And sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes, you know, like you spending more time in that, in that particular part of the map pans out well. But... Within each map, like you have three choices to do. You can either encounter another battleship, which is like a pirate battleship that you fight. And when you do, the scrappers. Yeah. And then that battle is probably the most in depth thing battle portion of the game where it's like uh, an overview hex grid of your ship and their ship. And you see their squadron of ships. And then you send your squadron of ships. And you kind of have to like essentially play chess with them, right? Like you can shoot your blasters at their hull. And essentially kill them. Um, and then the other form of thing that you can do is it's kind of like a text adventure where yeah. you send off an, uh, an away team to like a planet. Um, and then you kind of decide, okay, this planet has these hazards. You have the two members of your team that can lead the squadron. So you choose one that might benefit the situation. And then you kind of see how it plays out, right? It's kind of like random number generation. Uh, and then you hope <laughs> right. that your team doesn't die. Uh, and then you come back and you're like, hooray, they got all the scrap. And you're like, oh, great, that was worth it. And then the third thing you can do is like, okay, uh, let's just get the fuel. Or it's like more of a story thing, right? You talk to people. Uh, and then you say, oh, you get this is where you can learn more about the story and get more information, right? So it's like the person tells you, oh, haven't you heard? Like this and this are in charge of this now. And so you learn about names, you kind of learn about the backstory. And these are like, these are like, to me, it was like the most interesting parts where you're learning about the story and finding out like what the bigger picture is. But even then, like, etc. Who is mother? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And finding out like, okay, if I say this, I might be able to get scrap. But if I decide to do this, or decide to just like kill them, like I can get Neo N, right, which I need. And so, it gets into like this good mix of being uh, playing playing a role, right? Like role playing, and I thought that was really fun too. Yeah, let's get to the three by threes. Three, three things th- good, and three things to eject out of the hull door. Uh, my first thing: this is a pretty complete game. I was really impressed uh, at the both macro and micro level of this game. Um, you know, normally with games that come out on iOS, I feel like it focuses on one single facet of gameplay. And I was actually really tickled and pleased that not only did this have like a good story and good writing, like I had no problems with the writing. Uh, it yeah. also had a really pretty presentation and in-depth systems and components that felt like a completely fully-fledged game that you're able to play. That is a good point. You're right. The writing 
was kind of great. Yeah, it was great. Like you didn't even notice it. Like often in these kind of games, right. you're like, oh, that's kind of goofy, or like, oh, that's a little bit too doesn't feel a bit right. But here, you don't even really notice mm-hmm. any of that. Like it just, yeah, yeah, it's pitched perfectly. To it's it's one of those things where like yeah, yeah, it's one of those things like you know you find out that it was a French game by mm. the writing. Right, and I didn't realize that it was a French game, even after the writing. It just felt really natural, like you said. Yeah, um, I'm going to say the story is excellent. Oh, look at me! What is happening? <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, as a sucker for some good sci-fi uh, sci-fi storytelling, this uh, does live up to its Dune and uh, Foundation uh, aspirations. Yeah, um, my next thing is. Hey, that tagline, Space Tactical Roguelite. It's 10 out of 10, exactly what it's what it set out to do. Right, if you understand Space those words, tactical. it's accurate. <laughs> right. Uh, I really like games like uh, Slay the Spire and FTL. Um, I think they're still great games. You know, something that feels casual enough, but in-depth where you can really sink yourself into, right? Yes. And this definitely has that in spades, like the whole being able to just go to one system, checking it out, doing the things makes it bite-sized. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, absolutely love that aspect of it. Yep. And speaking of bite-sized, the save game mechanic was great. Like I didn't even notice it. This, I think, is a great example of the autosave that works. Like you just, mm-hmm. it just always remembers where you are. You don't need to worry about it. There's no manual save points or anything like that. Or replaying. I was a little bit yeah. nervous like the first time I came back to it. I was like, ooh, because it kind of launches you into that yeah. home screen. You're like, oh no. Oh, but then it's yeah. a continue game button. Boom. And you'll drop back into where you left off. Well uh, done. Yeah. Flawless. Um, my last good point is that this is like a really good feeling of a, a 4X game, right? Like you're expanding. <laughs> you just remind me the X's. <laughs> excavating, exterminating, exfoliating. Exciting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's how they keep their skin so uh, glossy and smooth in space. Fresh and dewy. <laughs> Fresh and dewy. Uh, yeah, I feel like every aspect of this game that you feel like you can do, you can do, right? And there's this good feeling of sitting back as a commander and watching things happen that I think feels really good as well. Like, I love the moments where you're just, uh, when there's an away team on a planet and then you see them going around the map doing things, I felt like that was just so enjoyable. And love, love. It, it kind of feel like you're you're the manager of that team, you know. <laughs> Delegation, the game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep, great. Uh, I second all of your good points. Uh, on to the bad points. What do we eject in our space <laughs> vacuum? Um, I mean, I think the the UI can be daunting i think in you especially in the sort of these slightly stressful battle situations um it's not super intuitive at least for me on like how to deploy squadrons or drop them like there's a good mechanic in that like there's what they call a tactical pause so essentially mm-hmm. time stops while you're faffing around with these little menus but even Don't so you wish- <laughs> yeah, don't you wish you had a tactical pause in real life oh every day yes <laughs> Especially when you're having like an argument. I feel like that would be so useful, right? Where like 
Before I say something, tactical pause. Let me get my words together to say exactly what I mean to say. <laughs> right. I'll construct a watertight argument that will just cease this conversation right now. Uh, yeah, so, yes, I think the UI is a little dense and not intuitive. Right. I think that's also my biggest problem is, um, I would almost say this is unplayable on a regular phone. Um, and I wasn't able to install it on my phone because the size was a little bit bigger. It's like a, a gig and a gig and change, mm-hmm. right? So I actually installed it on my iPad. And even on the iPad, I was like, how is this possibly played on an iPhone? Oh, interesting. Yeah, I've got the I've got the XS Max and that works. Yeah, it's little it's snug. Yeah. I will say. So I totally enjoyed it on the iPad. Well worth it. You yeah. can see it's beautiful pixel art, which oh by oh, the way. Yeah. Beautiful yes. pixel art. My goodness. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was worth it. I suppose okay, that is the other downside. Well, for me, at least, like it's so beautiful, I just kind of want to like just fly around in it and just enjoy yeah. it. Maybe a little bit like Seas of Change. No, Wings. What was that game that we watched Sky? on the journey? Yeah, Sky. <laughs> yes, sure. Children of Children of Light. Oh, there you go. That's what's the yes. That's the that stupid <laughs> tagline. Um, I kind of wanted that just to like, oh hey, you know what? It'd just be kind of awesome just to like fly around these like gorgeous looking space right. vistas. Which you mean you can they, you can look at them from the hull or the hub the hub the the space the star map uh, yeah from the the bridge from the bridge bridge they, yeah there, there it okay. is oh boy <laughs> slow today um, but yeah I just wanted to see more of it yeah me too I was constantly impressed they do a really good mix of three D and two D in this so I think things are done in three D but with a two D mapping uh, and it was just like a really graceful mix between the two. That I thought was absolutely mwah, chef's kiss. Oh yes, Star Commander's kiss. Because there's no chefs in space. It's so all, Edwin, it's all made by the replicas. <laughs> anyway, yes. Final seven day rating. Uh, seven out of seven days, Edwin. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's an Edwin this, pick. Wow, this is unprecedented. A game maybe. that's <laughs> right up my alley. I <laughs> yes. think. You know, I always talk about how I want story, but nothing where it's going to be absolutely draining and enough things to do from like a casual standpoint. Like, yeah, this is almost the perfect mobile slash iPad game. Wow. Praise indeed. Uh, it's going to be yeah. six. Six for me. I totally agree. I just think in my, uh, my desire for like very casual games right now, this is a little bit heavy uh, in right. terms of. Kind of, you will so, want to. You kind of want to bathe in it, rather than just a quick shower. <laughs> so you want a mix a of this metaphor. and Tune Blast, essentially. <laughs> yes. How can we mix this with Tune Blast? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great game. Uh, definitely worth checking it out. Uh, available now on the Apple App Store, uh, eight ninety nine. Yep. Uh, highly recommend it. Um, uh, if you can't, if you don't want to play it on your iPad or your iPhone, it is available on Steam or in Humble Bundle on your computer. So no pressure to follow this high-scoring 7 and 6 rated game. Enough oh to use them. Okay, Edwin, do you like or have you ever gone rock climbing? Uh, I have, yes. Do you enjoy it? Uh, I enjoy the bouldering, which is the rock climbing, but at not very high levels, because I okay. think I do get a little bit of um, vertigo. How would you in, how would you like to enjoy 
the notion of rock climbing from the comfort of your own home? Well, I'm intrigued. Tell me more. <laughs> Edwin, you have seven days to play Crux, a climbing oh, game. I actually know what Crux means in the rock climbing parlance. Oh, that's explain, like the explain most, what that's like it? the most difficult maneuver on a on a route. And from what I understand also like there's something called the crux move, right? The crux move is when mm. you have to sort of give it your all and it's sort of like a make it break it situation, right? Like it's the moment where you have to depend on like your hand strength and let go in order for you to succeed to get to the next part, right? Yeah, I think maybe we're saying the same thing, but in different mm. words. Yeah. Ooh. Crux, a climbing game. A uh, climbing gym in your pocket. Wow. Hmm. How big is your pocket? <laughs> <laughs> and quite sweaty as well. And smells a little strange. <laughs> smells like feet. So you have seven days to play Crux, a climbing game. Ooh, there's even a uh, root designer. Should we add the secondary challenge of making a desi- designing a climbing route for each other yes definitely okay. let's do that edwin before we go <laughs> yes you have a thing of the week as you always do i do and this week it is something i think you don't like which is interesting so it is paperlike.com mm. this is a screen protector for your ipad but it adds a matte paper like <laughs> ding 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 uh surface to your ipad um and why would you want to do this? I hear you ask. Well, the Apple Pencil is my answer. Writing or drawing on a iPad is like a you know writing on a bar of soap. Like it, there's no friction. It just feels very unnatural. Uh, of course, compare that to writing on paper that has friction and some resistance. So this kind of gives you just like a paper-like feeling on the iPad. So if you're drawing or sketching or doing any kind of uh, handheld Apple penciling, as they call it. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. I think it is a game changer for me. Yeah, I've done, I've tried one of these things before as well. Um, I think the version that I used that isn't paper-like was kind of bad because while it was really good for the Apple Pencil and it made the tactile feel of the pencil better and it actually improves your your stroke consistency. Yes. Um, yep. Because like the, the tip is slipping less uh, from the glass, yep. right? Um, whereas if you have too much of a mat, it actually could stifle your uh, your stroke. Mm-hmm. Good screen protectors that have like this slightly matte finish actually makes that a little bit better. Um, but yeah, I tried it before. The only reason why I didn't like it is because it actually altered some of the color on the right. screen. Like it does a little bit of blurring. Yes, that is true. Like it does, it does slightly give... Yes, it does make the display slightly less um, beautiful to look at. But to be honest, right. I'm not... For me, at least, that's yep. a trade-off I'm willing to make. But it is... You're right. That is a thing that happens. Well, I'll give it a go. Um, interesting. I also checked something out called Infinity Paper, which I think is okay. sort of in the same hmm. same realm of paper-like. Nice. Links and show notes. Uh, my thing of the week, Edwin, is a... It's a it's a battle royale. It's another battle royale. Oh my gosh! Have Does the world of... need another battle royale? Apparently so. Apparently so. Have you heard of Warzone, Edwin? Is this the new Call of Duty game? This is Call of Duty's version of battle royale. 
it's been around for that? quite a while. Okay. Yeah, they have done it. Uh, I'm getting back into it because I I feel like I've broken through uh, a type of gameplay that I feel good about. Like, you know, PUBG is good because it has those really nice quiet moments, but bad because right away someone can just shoot you and you're dead and then that's it. Right. Right. Yeah. You have to start from the beginning. Ooh, it's like Warzone. a roguelike, really, in that, fa- in that sense. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Battle, battle royales are really just roguelite. Look at me learning things. <laughs> but with Warzone, um, when you die, you have a lot more opportunities to come back, especially when you're playing with a team. Ah, so this is the Gulag. They ha- this is the Gulag. <laughs> okay, great. So not only the Gulag, where you do like this one-on-one fight duel with another person in the, like, this present cell that mm-hmm. allows you to come back to the map, uh, if parts of your teams are alive, they could actually they could actually go to a buy station, and if they have collected enough money, buy you back in, right? And the buy back in is possible as long as they have money and they can get to a buy station. So and this they like makes you. that, and they like me totally. <laughs> if I'm actually contributing to the team, uh, and so this system makes it a lot more accessible. Um, also like the deaths are a little bit more meaty, meaning like it's not just like one shot and you're out. Like you actually have an armor system similar to like apex legends, uh, that allows you to duke it out a little bit. Right. And make some smart decisions rather than like just jumping in. Right. (laughs) Right. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I'm having a ton of fun with it now. Um, nice. And it's free, which is crazy. If you have like a PS4 or Xbox or a PC, it's free. Mm, interesting. Yeah, you will need 100 gigs of hard drive space, though. Holy heck. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, much Tom, uh, so much Tom Clancy. Wait, is this Thomas Clancy? No, this is not. This is a different no, thing. No, this is, yeah, almost Thomas Clancy, okay. but this is Call of Duty, yeah. Thomas Clancy adjacent, for sure. <laughs> mm, well, I have none of those things, but may- maybe I'll, maybe. Should I get a PS5, Sam? You should get a PS5. When it comes out. When it comes out, if it comes out, but this it's year. not going to be backwards compatible, right? With the games, That's I think most of it. Yeah, there are things that I I feel like you will still be able to play PS4 games on it. It's not confirmed, but I feel that's the sense that I get. Hmm. The only thing is that if you buy a PS5 game, you'll only be able to play the PS5 game on that console, which I think for okay. Xbox is just a different story. Yeah, right. I guess it kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we'll see if I buy a PS5. Watch this we'll space. See. When's it due out? Later this year? Uh, they say November, but I don't know. Mm. Like normally, like all the pricing and stuff has been discussed at this point. But oh, yeah, right. It's quite close to November. Yeah. yeah. Spend, uh, plan to spend about $600 for it. Oh, I think boy. that's like a good... Yeah. And the design is still controversial? Oh my goodness, yeah. <laughs> it looks like someone with popped collars. <laughs> I mean, as a person who quite enjoys a popped collar i am enticed oh boy it's yeah oh gosh i'm looking at it again (laughs) it's your aesthetic (laughs) and that's our show play along with us for the next seven days as we play crux a climbing game let me get the full name crux a climbing game boom (laughs) if you want to tweet us you may at seven days to play and find us on spotify at seven days to play Seven days to play. Seven days to play.